in. Good morning. We're to midweek Wednesday. I'm Eric Carpenter. This is KCVL, KCRK. What a weird uh, start to the day. Uh, You know, you come out this morning and the cars are all with a thick coating of ash. And checking with the DNR reports, we don't even had any real big fires right nearby. So uh, something to think about uh, if your car is was, was outside and got coated with ash, good idea to get it washed off, uh, get a car wash on that thing or get out and spray it down yourself, but uh, the high acidity there of the ash can damage your uh, paint finish. So a lot of ash in the air today came down overnight around the area. Well, gusty winds, dry conditions expected for Thursday and Friday. A ridge responsible for the current heat wave will begin to break down Thursday and weaken Friday. We'll have a dry, cold front come in. It is going to remain very hot and dry Thursday, but we will see a big increase in winds. And then the temperature is going to drop by about 10 degrees Friday, With gusty conditions, the uh, concern, we're still going to see very dry conditions. Humidity levels low. So uh, we don't want to see any fire starts. Now for today and tomorrow, the excessive heat warning still in effect on through 11 p.m. Thursday. That means a high risk for heat-related illness for humans, pets, livestock. If you're going to have extended outdoor exposure, temperatures going to again be up over 100 degrees and uh, not cool down all that much overnight. So here in northeast Washington on until late Thursday night, we are going to have that heat. You don't want to have heat stroke or heat exhaustion. It can be dangerous. You want to make sure, have plenty of hydration, drink lots of water. And, oh man, if you don't have any air conditioning, it can be a miserable evening. A fatal accident, this one occurring six miles north of Davenport. Melinda Curd, age 53, from Fruitland, deceased at the scene, was the driver uh, with um, Melinda Curd. Robert Abrahamson, age 21, from Fruitland. He was injured, airlifted to Sacred Heart Medical Center. It was uh, the vehicle left the roadway, went into a ditch, into a field, collided with a power pole guy wire, vaulted into an embankment, and then came to rest in a field adjacent to the highway.
Well, maybe you have found your favorite spot in uh, the river or a creek. Like to go there, cool off, or just like to play around and find some rocks there. Well, you want to kind of keep in mind when you go disturbing and moving around the river rocks in the small streams and rivers. Here's a report from Fish and Wildlife. Hi, I'm Renee Kinnick with the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. We get a lot of questions from the public. Recently, we have been asked why it is bad to build rock dams in area lakes, rivers, and streams, particularly in August. August is often the hottest month of the year and the month when water levels are typically approaching their lowest. Low water levels combined with hot weather can raise water temperatures and be stressful for fish. Some people build rock dams to create deeper areas to wade or swim in order to cool off when the water is down. Most people don't realize that they're blocking fish runs and in some cases a fish's ability to move to areas with cooler water. Rock dams may also artificially concentrate fish, exposing them to predators and poachers. If left in place, they can also cause flooding the following spring during periods of high runoff. Changing the flow of water in creeks and streams is also illegal and violates state regulations. So give fish a break and think twice before constructing anything that impedes their ability to move freely, even if it's temporary. And if you find a rock dam while you're on an outdoor adventure, please deconstruct it and spread the rocks across the river or creek. If you have any questions for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, send it to communications at dfw.wa.gov or call 509-563-5495. Please include an email address or phone number because you can win a prize for asking questions. There will be a random drawing of people who submit questions each week. If you win, you can get a can of bear spray to take with you on your next outdoor adventure. If you have a question for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, send it to communications at dfw.wa.gov or you can call 509-563-5495. Please include an email address or phone number because you can win a prize for asking questions. There will be a random drawing each week of people who submit questions. If your name is drawn, you win a can of bear spray to take with you on your outdoor adventures. Well, again, there was the uh, meeting down in Chewila recently with state legislators, city officials, county officials on that intensive behavioral health facility project under construction. The uh, different parties discussing the issues regarding the project. We talked with the Chewila mayor, Greg McCann, about that meeting and where things are. The moratorium on behavioral health facilities, which it's really designed to help us structure any future efforts of that nature. So it's another six months by law when you institute a moratorium and then you can do extensions on that. I think you can do up to two extensions. And so it's more a matter of to really build the right kind of municipal code that would guide addressing behavioral health needs, which we all care about. According to the resources we have, just takes a lot of work for a city council that's working full time. So that was it was merely an extension. There was no event other than the clock running out in the first six months. It was a positive meeting. Our state agencies are very engaged and I would say concerned. We've had four different state agencies 
that have either a current or future role in its development. And as is not uncommon, nobody was kind of looking at the whole thing. So when we've talked about the overall impact to the community, the impact on the residents who will stay there, as well as the community outside of the facility, I can say they're genuinely engaged and genuinely concerned. They're working, you know, apart from us to see what solutions they can bring. We put forward, is there a method of them working with the developer to reorient the patient population to better suit the resources here? That was one question we asked. Another one is, if it's going to happen as it's going to happen, is there financial support that the state's willing to provide to the city of Chihuahua to ramp up to a level of resource that would meet this new extreme demand on police, hospitals, schools, etc. And the third thing we'd put before them is if it's status quo, then we need the most robust communication and monitoring that there can be because we all fear that this is going to come to light in some sort of tragedy, whether for a resident or a citizen. And everybody wants to avoid that. That was where we were coming from. And then their Department of Health HCA and all of them are, they're in the driver's seat, right? We're not because being that the facility is permitted, that means they're vested. So we don't have jurisdiction to stop it or to change it. All we can do is appeal to the state agency and say, this is a problem. You funded and facilitated its creation. We need you to help us mitigate that problem. And so you leave these meetings and each one, they have been more and more engaged, but it's not like you leave with a silver bullet solution. Because that's really a conversation between the developer and the state agencies. We're just a municipality making our plea that we see an imminent tragedy in our future that's avoidable now, but developer and agencies would have to figure out how that's going to be avoided. It's one of the most refreshing things I've experienced as mayor because from Shelley Shore, Jacqueline Maycomer, all three commissioners, but particularly Burroughs and McCart and Sheriff Mankey, along with David Nielsen, they're all stakeholders, meaning they all will help bear the burden of this new facility. And because they've testified that they had no prior engagement from the developer of what's going to be needed, you know, they share the concerns because we have police coverage, but we depend on county as our partner in law enforcement. So they pick up a lot of the load here. David Nielsen for New Alliance Counseling, he's hurting for employees to handle our own behavioral health issues. And now we're going to be importing behavioral health. And by default, they're going to end up having to pick up the slack. And he's just like, we can't. We don't have the capacity now for what we're dealing with. And this is going to overwhelm him. So that's been some of his perspective. But across the board, everybody has been very professional and very supportive. You know, it's just a genuine group of people in mostly elected positions who are really, really concerned. And coming out of last meeting, I felt like we sensed that the state agency share that concern and are doing what they can do, but I can't tell you what they're doing. Okay. Two 16-bed facilities being built, uh, patients living with dementia, the other for people with intensive behavioral health needs. It's all part of a big five-year plan launched by Inslee, changing the state's health care system. Fewer big state-run institutions like the troubled state hospitals moving people into smaller facilities. You know the name Tempur-Pedic. If you have a bad back, you may already own one. The back pain relief is legendary. I have a secret for you. Tempur-Pedic mattress support system also provides a good night's sleep. You don't have to wait for a bad back. You can get a good night's sleep now. 
Don't take my word for it. Ask somebody who owns one. Come to Sandra's for a seven-minute test rest, and we'll change your life forever. Sandra's Furniture, downtown Caldwell. Okay, temperatures continuing in the hundreds today and tomorrow. If you have employees, keep in mind, labor and industry has new rules. They took effect back uh, toward the end of June. Protection for workers, it kicks in at 80 degrees. Additional requirements when the temperatures are above 90. And even more restrictions at uh, the 100 mark. Above 80, uh, you've got to encourage and allow workers to take paid preventative cool-down rest periods, provide shade or other ways of cooling down like a air-conditioned building or a running vehicle, uh, provide cool drinking water. Each employee needs to have at least a quart per hour. And then closely observe employees returning uh, during the heat waves. Now, above 90 degrees, you're required to have 10-minute paid cool-down rest periods every two hours. And if you reach 100 degrees, the breaks become 15 minutes of paid cool-down rest every hour. Uh, out of safety, you do want to recognize any symptoms of heat stress, uh, heat exhaustion, heavy sweating, a fast, weak pulse, cold, pale, calm, uh, clammy skin, headaches, dizziness, weakness, or cramps. Again, we're in that period of time. A very hot yesterday and day before and still a couple more days of 100-degree weather. A recent uptick in car thefts and vandalism in Spokane, especially for the Kia and Hyundai owners. The Spokane police say groups of teenagers have been arrested in connection with the thefts. They arrested, uh, I think, five over the weekend. Well, now the insurance providers are changing their policies nationwide. Some people risk losing coverage. According to an insurance agency in Spokane, providers have changed their policies in the last six months to say they will no longer write new policies for certain Kia and Hyundai models. And if you already have one, your rates are going to increase and your coverage decrease. Armed robbers closed in on a mail truck in North Seattle Saturday night, but they weren't after the letters inside. Investigators say one thief pointed a handgun at the postal worker and demanded the master keys, which can open locked boxes and even some buildings throughout his route. The letter carrier was parked about 5 p.m. when he became the prime target for the thieves. While stuffing mail into a row of boxes, a gunman walked up, pressed the firearm into the letter carrier's side, and ordered him to hand over his keys. 
At the same time, an accomplice pulled up in front of the mail truck. With keys in hand, the gunman jumped into the getaway car and took off. Yeah, pretty brazen attack on a letter carrier trying to uh, get the mail delivered. The uh, police report says the set of keys stolen can open doors to nearby apartment complexes as well as provide access to people's locked mailboxes and the blue postal service drop-off bins. They don't open every single box on the route, but they open lots of boxes. The letter carrier was not hurt, but in fact, the letter carrier managed to take down the license plate. That didn't help much. The investigators found the car came back as stolen. Last Wednesday, officers in Trail, B.C. received reports of a resident discovering human remains near Highway 3B and Lynn's Road. That in Trail, the resident was out looking for her lost dog. She stumbled upon the remains. The B.C. Coroner Service was notified a forensic autopsy scheduled later this week still under investigation. The RCMP in the early stages of the investigation that hope to have answers soon on factors leading to that person's death. Break-ins in downtown Trail on Saturday. The uh, break-in to a business. Uh, They took about $20,000. They stole 10 Microsoft laptops. Investigators are checking video surveillance, hope to have captured the culprit entering the building and leaving with the laptops. That same person broke into a second business in the building. However, they did not find anything stolen at that location. Well, it's not very far off till school starts again, and that means sending lunch with the kids. Gary Crawford has a report on food safety for those brown bag lunches. For many parents, back to school time is celebration time. It's the most wonderful time of the Goodness, where did this come from? Ooh. Kids back to schooling and mothers carpooling and teachers so dear. So dear. Oh my. Oh my goodness, that's enough to make you want to cancel school again. But anyway, many parents are preparing so-called brown bag lunches for their kids to take to school, even though most food safety experts do not recommend actually using brown paper bags. Unless you're using things in your lunch that are totally non-perishable. You know, apples, peanut butter sandwiches, granola bars, chips, things like that. This from Meredith Carruthers, a food safety expert with the Agriculture Department's Meat and Poultry Hotline, the number of which we'll give you in a minute. She says even with a frozen gel pack in a brown paper bag, it's not insulated. And and so the biggest concern is that those foods aren't going to stay cold enough. And therefore, bacteria that can cause foodborne illness are going to start multiplying potentially by the time you go to eat your lunch. And then if you eat your lunch with that bacteria on it that has started to grow, you can potentially get sick. And that's what we don't want. 
So try to use a good insulated lunchbox or bag with a frozen cold source. Meredith says with that as a starting point... You can pretty much take anything for lunch. You just have to make sure you're storing it properly until you're ready to eat it. Keeping it below 40 degrees. Meredith says that needs to be done even if you're taking leftovers, things like leftover pizza. It's got to be kept cold. So what about, uh, I got an idea. What about taking a chicken leg, you know, something like that, freezing that, using that item as the cold source in the lunchbox? Uh, So, Meredith, how about that idea? Uh. Ah, that's your reaction. Ah, what's wrong with that? The big concern is that when that food starts to thaw, those foods will thaw from the outside in. The outer layers of that food, any foodborne illness bacteria that might be present, start to get exposed to that air temperature. And if it's not below 40 degrees, that bacteria can start to multiply. They can multiply to a point of creating toxins that are then heat resistant, won't be killed by reheating. Or if your child is eating that frozen food cold, it won't be good and could potentially get them sick. So keep that in mind. Also, she says we might want to put in that lunchbox or bag some hand sanitizer or hand wipes. So if you have questions about packing a school lunch, any food safety topic, you name it, just call the Meat and Poultry Hotline. Here's the number, 1-888-MP-HOTLINE, 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. And if you call between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Eastern Time, you'll be able to uh, talk to a live expert, always better than a dead one. You might even get to talk to uh, Meredith, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. A forest health message to all timber landowners. Insects, disease, and suppressed stands of timber have created an unhealthy forest environment that is susceptible to wildfire. Forest health is a concern to our community and to us at Vaughan Brothers Lumber. To discuss the possible options available for your timberland, call our experienced forestry team at 509-684-5071 for a free on-site consultation or look us up on the web at www.vagenbrothers.com. If you even slightly like baseball, man, you want to be listening to the Mariner games. (laughs) Anything is possible right now when the Mariners take on anybody. Uh, Ty France lined a two-run single to center in the 10th inning, and the Mariners rebounded from a blown seven-run lead. They beat the Kansas City Royals last night 10-8. Serez, France, Hernandez, Royhos, Hall homered in a seven-run fourth inning. The Mariners' first four homer innings since 2002. Hernandez tied his career high with five hits, had three RBIs. France had four hits, three RBIs. Bobby Witt playing for the Royals. He hit his second grand slam, a home run in the last 18 days. And also, Kansas City clinched their seventh straight losing season with the loss yesterday. But, you know, Kansas City's in last place. The Mariners really struggling with Kansas City. They got the win last night, but another crazy night for the M's. Kansas City and the Mariners, game three of the four-game series is coming up. 4 o'clock this afternoon with the pregame. First pitch at 5:10. 
Kansas City and the Mariners. Yeah, we've got baseball on the radio, 92.1 KCRK this afternoon at 4 o'clock. A look at today's local weather forecast brought to you by Colville Auto Repair, your local Napa Auto Care Center. They provide the expertise in everything they do. Everything from a routine service, a check engine light diagnosis. You can count on them at Colville Auto Repair to do it right. Make your appointment. Call 509-684-3581 or see them at 505 South Main. Very hazy skies today. We're going to see smoke this afternoon blowing in, mostly from that fire over by Oroville that's still burning. Sunny and hot, 101. The high temperature today, 57 overnight, 100 the high on Thursday. Again, hazy skies. Sunny and 91 Friday, winds could go to 15 miles an hour. Sunny, 86 Saturday, 87 Sunday, around 80 on Monday, 83 Tuesday. Just a slight chance of some rain Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Colville Auto Repair, they specialize in Dodge, Ford, Chevrolet, Diesel, Repair and Maintenance. Find out more, give them a call, 509-684-3581 for Colville Auto Repair. Calm skies, no wind this morning. The barometer steady, 30.08. 69 degrees. That's where we're starting the day off. It's 7.36. It's Midweek Wednesday. I'm Eric Carpenter. This is KCVL, KCRK. Oh, let's see what Uncle Otis has today. Now time for another Otis Advisory. Country music is a threat to democracy, say the donkey people. Maybe, but you may wonder how did that happen? And what is it about a small town where you can still buy a can of Mexicorn at the A&P? But if you show your behind out on Main Street, somebody might fix that for you. Look, country music started way back when, when all this was just Yucca Patui territory. The Yucapatuis lived off the land, the same way you live off the stock market. Except the land wasn't air-conditioned, so they had to get busy. But complaining about country music and how it makes you grow hair in your ears has always been out there. But what about white on rice? Country music probably did that too. And what about white lettuce? The part that nobody really wants anyway, that just gets thrown out. Are you seeing a pattern here? Anything else around here get pulled or is it just pork? Now, when you think about it, you're a lot more likely to be a victim of wife supremacy than have country music get between you and your misery index or fancy golf pants. Country music has nothing to do with anything other than a good holiday ham and a three bean salad. And don't pay any attention to the part about that's where they shoot every third looter and the second one just left. Oh, probably just made up anyway, so I'd go with that. This your Uncle Otis, a false and dangerous narrative keeping fear alive. I'll see you at the Peace March.